0: Welcome to Conversations, a podcast by Christ Presbyterian Church of Auburn, where we get to sit down and have a conversation with our pastor, Eric Zellner, and learn how God's Word applies to our lives. Welcome back to Conversation. We're so glad you're listening today. Um, I'm right here with Pastor Eric. How are you doing?
1: I'm good. How are you, Will?
0: I'm doing great. Um, we've kind of been doing a lot of one-offs recently. We did liturgy, then temptation right. or sin. Um, today, I kind of wanted to um, talk about usually at the end of every year you do a graduation talk. Yeah. I don't know if you've done it this year or yet already or going to.
1: Yeah. We, uh, we were scheduled to do that this Sunday. And, uh, so part of the reason that I wanted to do this was because we, we ended up having to cancel it because my kitchen is ripped up. So we can't actually have a crowd of seniors over to my house. Um, so I'm going to have to do it this way, but then I've intended to meet with some of these folks just personally. I like to give a book and, and then, uh, And then have a little conversation with them. So, what book is that for you? Yeah, I give, uh, I like to give out the book Ordinary. It's by Michael Horton. And uh, that, the reason I've found that book helpful is because it really is trying, it helps, I think, set uh, a right perspective for people. So many are told at graduation and uh, so many other times in your life um, you can be special, you are unusual, you are. you are capable of uh, anything, and uh, and this book really seeks to s- talk about the fact that that so much of life is actually made up not in not in what we would call mundane, but just in in doing the very ordinary things well. But then he also uses that to help recognize that that there is a major error in the church too that exists, and that that error is that um, that we think that. Christianity is about a deeper, greater experience as opposed to living life under the regular, ordinary means of God's grace. Um, And he really uses that to say, um, experiences do not sustain you for long, whereas God's given us one way to be guided and cared for and nurtured and, and even nourished, and that is through the regular worship, regular preaching of his word, the administration of the sacraments enjoying prayer those kinds of things are the very things upon which we build a long life So I will I think this this conversation comes out of um, my desire for our students to be braced for and prepared for the next two years. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, so I guess the question is, if you had to give graduation advice yeah. um, to um, some of the students coming out of your church mm-hmm. and going wherever, um, or just because of the transition that they're about to face, what would that advice be?
1: Yeah. You know, I, I, I would start by saying, and, and I'm going to break it down this way, the, uh, what, what's coming, and then secondly, what, what to do. Uh, and then thirdly, simply uh, a framework to think about, um, how to handle these things. So first, what's coming? I, I, uh, I tell this story because it, it was so important in my own life. When I graduated from Auburn, uh, I am from, I'm from Nashville and all of my friends at Auburn were going to Birmingham to work. And I really wanted to work in Birmingham. Uh, nowadays people think it's so cool to go to Nashville. And, um, I didn't think it was very cool because I knew if I went back to Nashville, I didn't, I didn't have any relationships or any connections. All of my friendships that I'd built were with people who were in uh, Birmingham. And so when I got out, I tried very, very hard to, uh, to find a job in Birmingham, and I couldn't find one. So I had an internship over the summer that was in Birmingham, and at the same time, um, I could see that the, that the job was not going to pan out into something that would be more permanent. So I'm looking through the papers, back when you use the newspaper to find a job, <laughs> and, um, and I'm sending resumes. I'm trying to talk to as many people as possible, and, uh, and what I began to see was the Lord was not going to open the door for me to be in Birmingham, no matter what I did. And uh, I remember <clears throat> a great disappointment. I was down to um, a job that I thought would really have been kind of a dream job. And I thought I was going to get it. It was down to me and one other person. And it, it was, I, I graduated wanting to do medical sales or pharmaceutical sales or something like that. And it was a job in pharmaceuticals. And um, anyway, it I, went, I had to drive to Atlanta from Nashville. And uh, I drove to Atlanta. And this is before the days of cell phones. And I drove to Atlanta and uh, did the interview. I thought it went really well. Uh, they said it went well. <laughs> Uh, I get in the car and I drive back to Nashville. And when I get back, um, again, no cell phones, my mother uh, greets me at the door. And she said, hey, they called and they had to give the job to somebody else. Uh, they gave it to a, a lady that was 35 years old and had a lot more sales experience. So I'm 22 uh, <laughs> with little to none. Hey, they're lost. They're they're lost. That's right. <laughs> they didn't get a pastor. Um <laughs> That's what they were looking for. Right, right. Maybe that was the problem. They, they were like, this guy is <laughs> no. not going to be a salesman. He's going to be a pastor. Um, so anyway, I, I just remember feeling devastated because suddenly what became very clear to me was I was going to be in Nashville, and I was going to be looking for a job, and I was going to be living in my parents' house. Um, and my parents were sweet, of course, to let me uh, come home and uh, and try to find a job in Nashville. And I I remember getting there just with so much disappointment and I think some of our students will will have those similar situations. First of all, the job they're hoping to get won't pan out, and they'll be in a place uh, that they didn't want to be. And sometimes that's they that they did get a job that they thought would be good, but they're still in a place that they didn't want to be, uh, location wise. So I, I think it's important to recognize that uh, what is coming may be full of disappointments, and I, I I begin with that. The other part of it is is this. In in that story, this is what the rest of my year looked like. Uh, from August to late September, I looked and looked and looked, and I and I got lots and lots of no's. And I finally got a job in October with a um, a company in my hometown, uh, and the job was you go and you sit on the telephone and you call doctors' offices and you see you you ask them to join a network. Um, called a preferred provider organization, and, and you ask them to take discounts on their services. <laughs> and so, uh, for ten dollars an hour, which was basically twenty two thousand dollars a year, that was my first job. Um, and I remember my friends. This is the time, you know, to put money in perspective. My engineering friends were making thirty five to forty thousand a year. Um, and so, twenty two is not exactly poverty, but it was um, it was very disappointing to me. And while I, while I worked there, the job was extremely um, dull. And uh, it was an office job. I was sitting at a desk. Everything that I'd tried to do by way of looking for jobs was to be out moving because I thought I can't, I'm not going to be able to sit at a desk. Well, um, what, that, what that meant for me is that I had to fall back on the things that uh, I thought would actually give me life. Um, and try to find those things. And as a as a believer who'd been walking with Christ maybe four years at that time, I began to just try to get invested in, in the local church. And so uh, that year ended up being, uh, though I did not have much in the way of friends, I didn't have much in the way of like social involvement or interaction, what I did have was a lot of time. Um, and so I I began to use the time to read and I just I read uh trying to figure out what do I believe why do I believe it I started praying a lot more um and so all of that year in Nashville ended up being for me a a time of um of growth spiritually and so I say that because for some of our students that's what's coming I don't mean they're coming going back to their parents homes and working uh, in a job they don't like, but there may be lots of circumstances that happen in that first two years that are completely startling to your to your sense of being. Um, in college, you have a group of friends and you feel comfortable and safe in that group of friends. You it's taken you a few years to kind of build that core group. Uh, you may get established in a church, you may get established in campus ministry, and uh, and you're taking classes. And so much of life is exciting. Um, and, and it's built around in some ways, entertainment. Um, and then you get out and you suddenly realize, okay, I'm going to, I'm about to go working. Uh, I'm about to go work and, and work is not by nature entertainment. And I mean, to be clear, I had worked through college, I'd done landscaping and lawn work and, um, all kinds of things that were physically hard, but, um, this was different. This was different because I think I, I, I knew I was supposed to be a grown up. Uh, and I was having trouble figuring out how to do and be content in a world like that. So I do think it's important for our students to see what's coming in that regard. It, it, it can be the, the most difficult uh, year or two years or five years of, of your life. It's a pretty startling adjustment for a lot of, a lot of students. Um, others will, will land and it'll be very uh, soft and they'll feel good about that. But I think it's important also to recognize um, that there becomes a temptation in that to, to quickly become comfortable and complacent. And so I think that's important to be aware of, too. What happens if you don't get your job? What happens if you don't get the place where you want to live? Well, that's what I've just described. But other people get the very job they want, and they get the very place that they have dreamed about. Uh, what then? What then? And I think there's a... Uh, the Lord will end up providing for you an opportunity to grow even in that. Um, he's not going to leave you if you belong to him. He's not going to leave you without growth in that season.
0: Yeah, that kind of reminds me in First Peter, is talking about don't be surprised if mm. suffering or persecution or trials comes your way yeah. because Christ was also persecuted, he also suffered, and he also mm. faced trials. Um, and so the advice that uh, Peter gives is be sober-minded and be watchful. Mm. Yeah, um, I think that applies to that situation oh, I, fairly well.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. And 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 it, to be honest, it's a little bit hard to be sober-minded and watchful because you're somewhat startled by the change of environment, the change of uh, your friend group, the change of your church, the change—so many changes that are occurring all at once. And so we begin with what's coming. I would transition then of uh, uh, what to what to know and what to do. That um the what to know is this. I, I encourage our students when they are when they transition to to stick with the very things that they really do already know. Uh, a lot of our students have been coming to Christ Pres, they've been worshiping with us for a number of years, and they have learned, hopefully, that church really is supposed to be the central part of life. And that and that so much of your fellowship, so much of your spiritual growth, So much of your nourishment happens by way of your connection to the local church. And so I always tell students, the very first thing you should do is find a a church which is uh, preaching and teaching the Bible faithfully. Uh, Do not look for a church that is a show. Uh, They flip the lights on, the smoke screen comes up, and then suddenly there's this uh, great looking guy with beautiful hair not opposed to people having hair, um, though I don't have any, but I do think that sometimes it's tempting when not, a, not much else is going great to desire to be entertained at church. But um, church is, is really built around um, the preaching of God's Word and the administration of the sacraments, and those are the things that God's given us to nourish and feed us. And so I tell our students, I think it's really important to go ahead and, and land in a church where you can be fed and nourished on God's Word. And then from that, uh, ask the Lord to help build fellowship and relationships and community from out of that church. Uh, and then and and try to make uh, the effort because this is for many people it's going to be the first time in their life or the first time in a long time that they've started from zero. Uh, Students often know what it feels like to transition from high school to college, and they feel like they start from zero. But maybe they came with ten people from their high school or something like that, so it's not it's not completely zero. Um, when you go to a new city, if you're from Nashville and you suddenly move to Dallas, it can feel like starting from zero. Um, and so, I, I want to encourage people to to land in a church, seek to build community in that place, and then the other the other piece of advice with this is, um, in this season of your life, that first year, second year, third year out of college, uh, you, as you begin to make money, that is your own money. You start to have the capacity to do things that you couldn't or wouldn't have done otherwise. And one of those is travel. Um, I am all for traveling. I like it myself. Um, but I think it's easy to, to develop a pattern where you can be at the beach this weekend, and at the lake next weekend, and then at a friend's wedding the third weekend, and then we'll also be back at the beach that fourth weekend, and then we're going to go see um, our parents the fifth weekend. And then I've been in this new town, but I haven't actually gone to church, and I haven't built community. And it's all because many good opportunities present themselves and so I, I just mentioned this last part because uh, you are definitely going to have lots of opportunities uh, to not be in church to not make a community in that's in that place and so when that temptation strikes you it is I think it's really wise to be thinking about your calendar and going okay I could go to the beach this weekend friends are going to the beach this weekend um, I'm going to make that choice, but if I'm going to make that choice, then I need to be careful looking down the calendar that I'm actually willing to get back and be a part of church life in those first two, three, four, five months of your time there, because that's when you're starting to really build those relationships, and I I just think it's important to recognize that when those opportunities come, not every opportunity is actually for your spiritual good, right?
0: Yeah. that's just, that's something personally that I found even this past year, just being already still in Auburn, still kind of in college, married, kind of out of college. Something yeah. I found so difficult is all these weddings that we have to go to. Sure. Visiting family, vacations, right. um, but just like prioritizing being in the church.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly right. And it, and it's, everything you named right those are all good things right i would i love to be a part of a friend's wedding i love to see my family i love to travel they're all good things in and of themselves but the problem is that when we choose multiples of those we we tend to walk away from the thing that would actually be the the feeding and nourishing spot for our souls i, I say that for this reason well i've encountered lots of students who left um christ's presence and they were really Balanced, and I thought they were in a good spot. You get to a new city, and uh, and because you haven't started to develop friendships through your church, then you you develop friendships at work, and uh, and that's great. Delighted for you to have friendships at work, but sometimes those friendships at work are not actually the ones that are leading you to Christ. And so, um, you know, then then I get stories of girls dating guys that are like uh, maybe not even believers or nominal Christians, and. Where'd you meet? Are we met at the bar, uh, hanging out after work? Um, and and look, it's possible to meet a believer at the bar, right? And I'm certainly not opposed to going to a bar or having a drink or something like that. It's just that our life patterns tend to lead us to the people uh, that are going to be either guiding us and pointing us towards Christ and helping to grow that or leading us away. And if you make plans that constantly keep you out of church, then you're not doing things to help build your own growth in grace. So, Anyway, so we've talked about what's coming, what I think it's important for people to know, and that is to fall back on what you knew uh, prior to to your new spot. The last thing I want to talk about is the lens through which to view uh, the, this next season of life, and I use First Thessalonians chapter four when I'm talking about this. The, Paul's talking about a life which is pleasing to God. That's what this section is really about. Um, and he says in chapter 4, 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 1, finally then, brothers, we ask and urge you in the Lord Jesus that as you receive from us how you ought to walk and to please God, just as you're doing, that you do so more and more. For you know what instructions we gave you through the Lord Jesus. For this is the will of God, your sanctification. Um, Paul goes on to describe what your sanctification looks like. He talks about um, abstaining from sexual immorality, that each person know how to control his body in holiness and honor, in the pa- not in the passion of lust like the Gentiles. But I want to begin just by talking about what does it mean then to, um, to see this as God's will for me is my sanctification. I, I, I say that because... Um, the moment you start to near graduation, you most students are saying, what is God's will for my life? Where should I go? What should I do? And that's those are the terms that they're thinking of. What city? What job? What career? What could I do to make a living? Um, but the Bible says, this is God's will for you, your sanctification. And I don't know of other places in the Bible where it so so clearly and succinctly says, this is God's will for you. You, you have a lot of people that'll say things like, I feel like I'm led to do this, or I feel like I should do that. That Those may be valid, um, but this is a place in Scripture where it says this is actually God's will for you. Um, and I think it's important to know that because as you move into the next season of life, it is helpful to remember that, that what's happening to you in these circumstances uh, can be viewed in a helpful way when you say, what I'm facing is because God's will for me is my sanctification. He actually wants me to grow in grace. He wants to give me an opportunity to be tried and tested and shaped and transformed, right? So, um, and of course, this is, you know, by way of context, this is naturally true, right? You're moving into a season of life. God's will for you is your sanctification, um, nobody's going to see you or know you or, um, or be watching over you in this random city where you have no connections. You could easily uh, give yourself to various passions and lusts and desires and, um, and sinful pleasures that he talks about in this particular passage. But I also just think it's helpful to see um, if God makes it so clear that his will for me is my sanctification, um, then I can, that's actually a place of, of comfort and help for me. I would add one more thing uh, to it, and that is um, if we view God's will for us as our sanctification only, then it's possible for us to view trials, like you mentioned Peter's comment, it's possible for us to view trials uh, and struggles as coming from a, a brutal, unkind, cruel father. Well lost my job it must be my sanctification. Well I mean I, I can't afford this car repair it must be my sanctification. Uh, my kitchen's falling in it must be my sanctification And then I think the the gut reaction for many of us is bitterness. well that's that must just be the kind of god he is he wants to treat me that way um, And will this is where I would have you know I would change the the comments that I would make to reflect where we've been in the book of Exodus. Having watched the people of Israel in the book of Exodus, you quickly recognize that this is a God who, who says that He is good and who, and who promises to consistently show His glory. And so I think it's helpful for not just uh, those who are graduating, but for you and me together to recognize God's will for me is my sanctification, but it's also His will for me um, that I would learn His glory that he reigns and I don't, but that in his reign he is also good, um, that he's not trying to crush me or hurt me. So I I hope for our people who are listening, and it's not just graduation, right, this is various seasons of life, that we would begin to get a sense that the circumstances that I face uh, should, uh, should be read through the lens of God loves me in Christ, he cares about transforming me, uh, he's doing this for his glory but also for my good um, and when we when we begin to step back from the heat of the the trials and evaluate it from that perspective it brings a go- a lot of comfort
0: yeah now yeah ri- reminds me of peter again and i just read this this while on top sure, of my yeah, mind but yeah. um he says humble yourself for god uh, throwing your anxieties upon God. And his, why does he say that? He says, throw your uh, anxieties upon God because God is a guy who cares. Yeah,
1: he cares for you. That's right. Yeah, I think that, that'll, that should for each of us. I need to apply this lesson today in my own life. And I know for many who are graduating and moving to another place uh, or transitioning in their life, that's a good reminder for all of us. So I hope this has been useful for people.
0: I think it's been very useful. Well, thank you, Pastor Zellner. Yeah,
1: thank you, Will. Enjoyed being with you. Me too.
0: Thank you for everyone listening.